The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Zeal. If you want a good massage but don't have the time to get one, have the massage come to you with Zeal. You pick the time and the location. Have your next massage on demand at home. Our listeners can get $20 off their first massage with promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 9th. In today's news, the fallout from President Trump pulling out of the Iran deal begins. The president's lawyer took money from a Russian oligarch and Putin ally. And Trump's pick to lead the CIA pledges not to restart enhanced interrogation programs in a bid to get confirmed. But first, the big idea. Tuesday's primary results confirm that 2018 is a terrible year to be a House Republican. Republican members of the House fared especially poorly Tuesday in primaries across four states, offering fresh evidence that this fall will bring another change election and a new batch of outsiders promising to shake up Washington. North Carolina Congressman Robert Pittenger lost to former Baptist pastor Mark Harris despite outspending him more than two to one, an outcome that caught Republicans in D.C. off guard. He's the first incumbent of either party to be forced out of Congress this year. Harris portrayed the third-term lawmaker as a creature of the so-called swamp and relentlessly hammered him over his vote in March for the $1.3 trillion spending bill. In the Indiana primary to take on Democratic Senator Joe Donnelly, wealthy businessman Mike Braun won an upset over two GOP congressmen, Todd Rokita and Luke Messer. Those two guys have been rivals since college, and they spent the past few months beating the tar out of each other, allowing a first-time candidate like Braun to emerge. In West Virginia, Representative Evan Jenkins lost to the state attorney general, Patrick Morrissey, in the primary to challenge Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. The ex-convict Don Blankenship, who got so much attention in the past few days, finished in third place, averting another national GOP nightmare. Meanwhile, in Ohio, support for Congressman Jim Renacci was surprisingly soft in the primary to take on Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown. Despite being endorsed by President Trump, who recorded a robocall on his behalf at the 11th hour and appeared alongside him last weekend at an event, the congressman could only garner 47% against four unknown candidates. All in all, that's five Republican members of Congress who will not return to the House next year. Having congressmen on a resume right now isn't just a liability for Republicans. Dennis Kucinich, who served 16 years in the House and ran for president in 2008, lost the Democratic primary for governor in Ohio to Richard Cordray, who ran the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau until last November. It didn't used to be this way. Historically, House members have been perceived by voters as being the most qualified for promotion to the upper chamber. Most Republican senators, in fact, came from across the Capitol. But the restive Republican base has been increasingly conditioned to hate Washington and everyone who's a part of it, which has, of course, made it harder to govern. And these trends have only been supercharged in the Trump era. Braun, the businessman who won in Indiana, talked up his outsider credentials in his victory speech last night. I really believe if you get 10 to 12 of us in the Senate that have lived your life, first, first of all, in the trenches of conservatism, not through the lens of a politician, yes, I think that's a key difference. You will actually start to see things change. So. 
Tuesday's outcome made clear that the current mood of the GOP remains angry, defiant, and not the least bit satisfied with the change that's come to Washington over the past 16 months. For naturally upbeat candidates, frustration and anger have become the dominant emotion they must appeal to for the Republican base. GOP consultants nationwide have been telling even their mild-mannered candidates to turn up their fury on the trail. Don't say you want change. Say you want to blow up Washington. Don't just talk about what you've accomplished. Talk about what you will fight. Even the most entrenched Washington insiders right now are running against Washington. After last night's results, you can expect a lot more of it. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the leaders of Great Britain, France, and Germany issued a joint statement expressing regret and concern after Trump announced yesterday the U.S. will pull out of the Iranian nuclear agreement. Trump framed his decision as keeping a campaign promise, but he gave little indication of what's next, and critics say he has no plan B. The fact is, this was a horrible, one-sided deal that should have never, ever been made. It didn't bring calm, it didn't bring peace, and it never will. Trump says the United States will reimpose all sanctions that existed before the 2015 accord and could add new ones. The exit doesn't necessarily make the rest of the deal moot because the U.S. wasn't the only signatory, but it's not clear whether there's now enough incentive on the part of Iran and its international partners to keep the agreement going. The three European countries who were parties to the deal pledged to continue following the terms of the agreement, but Iranian President Hussein Rouhani warned that his country will begin enriching uranium unless its demands are met. Number two. Trump's personal attorney and longtime consigliere, Michael Cohen, is facing new scrutiny after fresh revelations that one of his shell companies, the same one that he used to pay porn star Stormy Daniels $130,000 in hush money during the weeks before the 2016 election, also received payments from an American firm linked to a Russian oligarch and ally of Vladimir Putin. Daniels' lawyer posted a document referencing the transactions to Twitter, and it was confirmed by multiple news organizations. It also emerged last night that AT&T paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to Cohen last year. The company confirmed in a statement that it engaged a consulting company formed by Cohen to, quote, provide insights into the new administration. Number three, Gina Haspel, Trump's nominee to be the new CIA director, will pledge during her confirmation hearing today before the Senate Intelligence Committee that she will not restart the enhanced interrogation programs that critics compare to torture, Haspel is expected to acknowledge her service during a period in 2002 when she ran a secret CIA detention center, a so-called black site, in Thailand. A terrorism suspect was waterboarded there. That controversy has drawn criticism from folks on both sides of the aisle, including over 100 former U.S. ambassadors who have signed an open letter opposing her nomination. The scrutiny led Haspel to almost withdraw last Friday, but White House officials persuaded her to stick it out. Meanwhile, The man who was the principal architect of the September 11th attacks has asked to share information with the Intelligence Committee on Haspel and her role in his interrogation. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 9th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.